Welcome back, everyone. Well, yesterday, uh, Tara spoke about uh, the importance the Buddha gave to mindfulness of the body. Uh, and at one point in the text, it's, it's recorded that the Buddha said, mindfulness of the body leads to Nibbana, leads to full enlightenment. So clearly it has a central place in our practice. And within this frame of mindfulness of the body, there's one particular uh, aspect that really has pride of place. And that is mindfulness of breathing. One point the Buddha said, mindfulness of breathing is of great benefit and bears great fruit. And it's said that the Buddha himself, the Bodhisattva before his enlightenment, uh, practice this mindfulness of breathing, which leads to, really leads to awakening and to liberation. Now, it's interesting, as most of us settle into our practice of being with the breath, that sometimes maybe it feels mechanical or bored, you know, mindful, in, out, in, out, in, out. Uh, and we may begin to lose interest. So one reflection which I've found to be really helpful in that regard is to reflect just for a few moments on the essential power of the breath in our lives. Each breath is actually sustaining our life. And this is not uh, a metaphor. <laughs> this is literally true. That every breath that we take is sustaining our life. So clearly something very important uh, and, and in fact compelling uh, occurs uh, as we pay attention to this breathing process. Um, might be interesting, at least for a little bit, to experiment as you're being with the breath, just to call to mind or to remember or to intuit, to feel how the breath is actually sustaining our life. You know, as we breathe in, what's actually happening in that process, in the breathing process, in the feeling of the breath in the body, uh, so we can begin to appreciate and, and remember what a potent force the breath is. So that itself can help to uh, arouse interest in each and every breath, <laughs> because if we stop breathing, we stop meditating <laughs> and we stop living. Uh, so again, I've just found this recollection to be um, energizing for me in my practice. So there's one line in the Satipatthana Sutta, which is the discourse the Buddha gave on the four foundations of mindfulness. And it's the instructions in this discourse which really um, outline the whole path of our practice. And this one line from this discourse really changed the way I understood um, different possibilities for being with the breath in our practice. And the line says, be mindful 
And then the equivalent of quotation marks, be mindful, there is a body, unquote. To the extent necessary for clear knowing and continuous mindfulness. Okay, so that last phrase really points to what it is that we're cultivating as we're being with the breath. Clear knowing and continuous mindfulness. But it's the first phrase that really opened up a new way of experiencing this. That is, be mindful, quote, there is a body. So the fact that it's set off, as I say, in the equivalent of quotation marks, suggests that it can be used, that phrase, there is a body, could be used almost as a mental note. So we said, settling into the awareness of our body. And what I found useful and in a way transformative is to drop in that phrase from time to time. There is a body. We're sitting, we're feeling ourselves sitting, there is a body. And it allows us to settle into the feeling of the whole body sitting. And as we do this, in a very natural way, this does not take really any effort at all. We're just sitting, we make that mental uh, notation of there is a body, we feel ourselves settling into the awareness of the whole body. So all still very simple, very natural. And then we begin quite naturally to feel the sensations of the body breathing. We feel the sensations of the body breathing in. We feel the sensations of the body breathing out. So as a first instruction, I would suggest experimenting with this phrase, there is a body, and then beginning to feel the breath happening by itself. Now it's at this point that we can relate to the breath or be with the breath in two different ways. And this is what I found uh, very opening as, as I began to explore the different ways of being with the breath. So one way, after we've settled into the body, there is a body, we feel the body breathing. One way would be settle, settling in to that place in the body where we feel the breath most clearly. So, for example, it might be that we're feeling the body breathing. We're feeling the sensations at the tip of the nose or the upper lip. You know, as breathe in, breathe out. And our attention is drawn to that place in the body where we're feeling the breath. Or it might be for some people that we feel the breath most clearly in the, arise, the rising and falling of the chest or the abdomen. You know, as we breathe in, there's a rising movement. As we breathe out, there's a falling movement. So the first way of being with the breath would be to sit, settling into the body, there is a body, feeling the body breathing, and then settling into that 
space in the body, that place in the body where the breath is felt most clearly. And we train ourselves to simply rest at that place. Now, this doesn't require any effort to breathe. The breathing is happening by itself. It's happening naturally. We can relax, let the body breathe in whatever way it does, but simply resting in the particular place where we're feeling it most clearly. Okay, so that would be one way of practicing the breath. And of course, the mind will wander at different times. As soon as we realize that the mind has wandered, we're off the breath, we simply acknowledge that and come back to that place uh, where it is most clear. The other way of being with the breath is to maintain a larger framework. So we're resting in that feeling of the whole body. There is a body. And we're really resting in that larger frame of the whole body and simply being aware of the breath arising within that larger frame. So we're not narrowing the attention to a particular place in this way of practice. We're keeping the larger frame. There is a body feeling the whole body. And then within that larger frame, we simply are aware of the body breathing, however it is. It might be interesting for you to experiment a little bit and just to see which of these approaches um, feels most comfortable to you or, or most easeful. It's not that one is right and one is wrong, and sometimes can even alternate at different times. Might be with the breath at a particular place, and if at times you feel that the mind may be getting too tight or is beginning to control the breath in a certain way, that would be a good time to open the frame. There is a body. So we're not narrowing the attention to a particular place. We're keeping that larger sense of the whole body and simply being with the feeling of the breath arising within it. Uh, very often this is enough to relax the attention and let go of any uh, sense of controlling the breath or trying to make it a certain way. So these are the two... Um, ways you might experiment as we begin the sitting this morning. There's one other tool of practice um, that many of you probably have worked with before. Um, and many people find it very useful. And that is the tool of what we call mental noting. That is having just the whisper of a thought in the mind with each breath in, out, or rise, fall. So it's using that thought process, the noting, in a skillful way. So we're using the note to help keep us connected to our object of meditation. So you can think of the phrase, there is a body, as a kind of mental note. And then you can use a more specific phrase, as I said, in out or rise and fall, 
to connect you with the feeling, the sensations of each breath as it comes. So that's the basic instruction for the morning in terms of continuing um, our exploration of mindfulness of the body, but for today, really focusing uh, on mindfulness of breathing uh, within that. So take a comfortable meditative posture, you know, and so it's um, sitting in a relaxed way, but as I said yesterday, <laughs> relaxed but not casual. So there's a sense, um, there's, there's a word that I like to use, uh, which we don't often use in the context of meditation, but I find it uh, suggestive. And that is, we want to sit in a dignified posture. So there's, there's a sense of intentionality. We take a posture that's erect. If we're sitting, you may be lying down in a relaxed way, but be very alert. So we're relaxed and alert at the same time. You could begin by doing a quick body scan as a way of softening and relaxing different parts of the body, relaxing the eyes and the shoulders, the chest, the belly. Then letting the breath come to its own natural rhythm and beginning with the phrase, there is a body. And then beginning to feel the sensations of the body breathing. Remember to let the breath find its own natural rhythm. Sometimes short, sometimes long, sometimes rough, sometimes smooth. However it presents itself, we're simply aware. And as you settle into the feeling of the body breathing, you can then choose to settle into that place where you feel it most clearly, 
perhaps using the mental note very softly. It's a whisper in the mind. Connecting the attention to the feeling of each breath. Or to keep the larger frame, there is a body. And simply feeling the body breathing within that larger frame.
when you notice that the mind has wandered, simply acknowledge that and gently settle back into the awareness of the breath, either at a particular place in the body or within the framework, the larger framework that is a body.
you might find it helpful to make a soft mental note with each breath, in and out, rise and fall, as a way of steadying the attention for the whole duration of the breath.
And from time to time, keep in mind how each and every breath is keeping us alive. Each breath is worthy of our attention. This simple and ordinary process having such a profound effect.
from time to time you might repeat the phrase, there is a body. It's a way of relaxing back in to the easeful sense, the awareness of the whole body, aware that the body is naturally breathing.
and in the last minute of the sitting, see if you can follow each breath from beginning through the middle to the end. When you're ready, you can open your eyes, reconnect with seeing, connecting with the world around you. So there's time for some questions now. If you have any questions about your practice, uh, about the instructions, about what you experienced in this last uh, 45 minutes, uh, please send them to the question link. So we'll wait. I think somebody from Spirit Rock is going to facilitate the questions. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Joseph. So the very first question that we have today, it reads as follows. My mind wanders a lot. How can I steady the attention? Well, (laughs) this is a pretty basic question for everybody. who engages in the practice. It's quite natural. You know, we give, we give the mind an object of attention and it seems so simple. And yet we're with breath, for example, um, and then often rather quickly, it may wander, get lost in thought, and then you recognize it, come back. So one way of cultivating a sense of steadiness of one-pointedness, of concentration. And I like the word steadiness um, as an expression of what concentration means. Because in English, uh, you know, when we say concentrate, it may have the connotation of a furrowed brow. Uh, And that's uh, not that helpful. It's It's more a question of how do we keep the mind steady, uh, unwavering or unflickering, you know, from our chosen object of attention. So a couple of things which I found helpful over the years. Uh, And one in particular is remembering or calling to mind the intentionality to stay steady for just the in-breath or just the rising movement. So right at the beginning, it's as if we're reminding ourselves in a, very, in a very light way, but we are actually calling to mind that our practice is to stay steady for the duration of that single half breath. If we have the notion that 
yes, I have the intention to stay with my breath for this half hour or for this hour. That's way too much. That is beyond our capacity. But I think we all have the capacity to be steady for a half breath, just for the duration of the in-breath or the rising, just for the duration of the out-breath or the falling. And to actually uh, call that intention to mind at the beginning of each in and out breath. Uh, I have found that this has a very powerful effect on something I call the habit of our attention. You know, we all have a default habit pattern of how we pay attention to things. And until it's trained, it can be pretty spotty, <laughs> you know, where we're with something for a little bit and then the mind wanders and we come back and there can be a lot of restlessness uh, in the mind. What we're doing in the practice is changing or refining our own habit of attention. And so we might say we're improving the quality uh, of, of that habit, uh, making it steady, steadier. Um, and it's not that hard to do. This is what has been so amazing to me. What I noticed that even if I call that intention to mind at the beginning of each half breath, and even if I do that for each half breath for as little as a few minutes, you know, where, where we're consciously reminding ourselves, okay, steady, keep the attention steady in a relaxed way. It's not interfering with the breath at all. It's just remembering our intention to stay with it for the entire duration of only that half breath. And what I found is that doing that, as I say, even for a few minutes, maybe five minutes, that has already reset our habit of attention, which will last for some time. And then we may go back into our old habit pattern but then we can do it again. So this is one way of really training the mind in steadiness, which is another word for concentration, for samadhi. There's one other um, aspect which can be really helpful in uh, strengthening the steadiness. So even if we have stayed with the entire duration of the half breath, in and out or rise and fall, very often people will experience a space or a gap between the out breath and the next in breath. So the out breath is finished and before the next in breath comes by itself, and remember, we don't want to be pulling the next one in or forcing it. We want to be relaxed in the body, simply waiting for the next breath to come. If there is that space, and there isn't always, sometimes one breath follows right on the other, but very often there is a space or a gap. If there is, it's really helpful to then... Uh, become aware of the whole body sitting. Uh, so we're giving the mind an object to be steady on in that 
space or gap between breaths. So, for example, the mental noting, if we were using the noting, might be in, out, sitting. In, out, sitting. Noting the sitting, noting the posture, or might use the phrase in that gap, there is a body. Serves the same purpose until the next breath comes by itself. And so in that way, we can really have a continuity of attention, both for the duration of each half breath and also uh, during the space that might be there between breaths. Um, so you can experiment with these, with these suggestions and see if it really helps you keep the mind somewhat steadier on the breathing process. Again, it's not going to be perfect and the mind at times will still wander and to stay relaxed about that in the sense of not judging and just as Tara said yesterday, simply beginning again. Where where the mind has wandered, see it, come back, there is a body feeling the breath, the intentionality to stay steady with it. So I think that all of these things would be really helpful with regard to the question. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay. And Sangha, thank you for your ongoing questions. We see a lot have come in. The next question that I'm going to bring up, it's a combination of a few questions that have come in. How does one handle it if their breath is so subtle that they can barely notice it? They're not connecting to it. What would be your advice in that case? An important question, uh, because very often as the concentration gets stronger, as the steadiness gets stronger, the breathing does or can and often does slow down and at times almost be imperceptible. I mean, cognitively, we know we're breathing. We haven't stopped breathing, but it's so subtle that we're not feeling it. So there are two, um, two suggestions in this regard. One is to use the increasingly subtle breath as a way of drawing the mind down to that level of subtlety. So just as an, an analogy, suppose you're listening to a sound outside uh, and whatever's making the sound is receding into the distance. So the sound gradually is getting softer and softer and softer. But we could have the intention to try to see how long, for how long can we still hear it? The mind has to get quieter and quieter and quieter in order to hear the increasingly softer sound. So we do that same process as the breath gets softer, quieter. We can use that process of the, mind, of the breath becoming more subtle as a way of drawing the mind down to that level of subtlety. Now, at a certain point, it may really become imperceptible where we're not feeling it at all. At that time, it's helpful to go back to the awareness of the whole body sitting. There is a body. And just let the body become the object of awareness until the next breath becomes uh, noticeable. Uh, so again, we're not trying to control the breath or we're not intentionally trying to make this 
the breath stronger in order to feel it. Uh, it's allowing the breath to get that subtle when it does, and it doesn't always proceed in that fashion, but sometimes it does. Drawing the mind down to that level of quiet and then becoming aware of the whole body sitting uh, when we can no longer feel the breath. Excellent. Thank you so much, Joseph. Do you have time for one more question yeah, that yeah. we can bring in? Excellent. So another question that has come up uh, largely from the group is when you are focusing on the breath, individuals are noticing that they're feeling either pain or anxiety arise within their body. How would you suggest they practice with that? Would they invite it in? What would be your mode of suggestions for that? Okay, so there are, <laughs> there are various ways of handling that. Today, we're really giving emphasis uh, to working with the breath as the, the primary focus of our attention. Over the course of these next days, we'll be expanding the field to include everything that happens in the body, in the mind. Uh, so for now, what I would suggest, if there's some um, challenge in one way or another with being with the breath, maybe we feel like uh, we're just, by, by being with it, we're controlling it too much. Or it's calling up, as was mentioned, some anxiety. Uh, for whatever reason, we may not even understand the reason, but we're feeling that. At that point, I think it's helpful instead of narrowing the attention to a particular place in the body where we're feeling the breath and it's kind of zeroing in on the breath. At that time in particular, it's helpful to use that uh, larger frame that I mentioned earlier, uh, there is a body. And just feeling, settling into the awareness of the whole body and allowing then whatever's uh, the experience of the body is to be there. And we're not necessarily uh, focusing on any particular sensation or even focusing particularly on the breath. We're just aware of that larger frame there's a body and allowing whatever's happening within the frame to be there. And so that's a way of allowing the mind to relax, whether it's relaxing with the breath or relaxing with um, any uncomfortable sensations uh, that may be arising. Uh, because we're giving, our, we're giving our mind a place of stability to rest. Um, there's a body just sitting. Uh, and very often that will allow things to settle down in a more relaxed way. Okay. Uh, was there one more question, Carlita? So let's see. Another good one that's coming up. How do we discern the difference between returning to the breath and aversion from difficult thoughts and emotions? Okay. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad that question was asked because it's something else I had wanted to mention. So we're with the breath, 
and then the mind is called to something else, you know, either a thought or maybe a challenging thought or not, maybe just an ordinary thought, but we're pulled away. Or maybe there is some strong emotion that's arising that we get caught up in and lost. So the key point here, the key place to pay attention is in that moment when we come out of being lost. So for example, I'll I'll talk about coming out of being lost in a thought, but it could apply equally well to coming out from being lost in the story of some emotion that's happening or the feeling of the emotion. So of course, when we're lost, we're not being mindful. We're just caught up in the thought or the emotion. But then in that moment, when we become mindful that the thought is there or that the emotion is there. So we're no longer lost in it. We're mindful of it. Right in that moment, instead of the mind falling into what can be a usual pattern of uh, either judging ourselves or feeling, uh, creating some problem about it, Instead of doing that, in the moment of waking up from being lost, delight in the moment and the experience of wakefulness. And so we're really, we're really acknowledging and appreciating the difference between having been lost and then waking up to whatever it is we were lost in. So we're going really from delusion to wisdom or from delusion to awareness. Uh, And I've just found it very helpful to take a moment of recognizing that. Oh, awake again, aware again, and delighting in the experience of awareness. And then after that acknowledgement, then it can be a simple matter of, okay, come back now, redirecting the attention to the breath. So it's really moving the mind from some commentary about what we were lost in to an appreciation of the quality of wakefulness and mindfulness and awareness that has just emerged every time we come out from being lost, every time we again are aware. It's delighting in that moment of awareness and then coming back redirecting to our chosen object. Okay, this is the time for walking, and I wanted to just give very briefly some walking instructions. Many of you, you know, are familiar with the walking practice. Some of you may not be, uh, but this will be uh, just a brief reminder. Uh, So if you're able to mindfully come into a standing position, and I'll be guiding just a very brief little exercise uh, as you're standing. Uh, For those of you who for one reason or another are not able to stand, keep in mind that everything I talk about either standing or uh, walking, it's the same instruction which really applies to every movement we're making. But for now, we'll be focusing on the experience of standing and walking. Uh, So please take a standing position. 
And stand with your feet about shoulder width apart, just comfortably, and do a quick body scan. Just having your mind start at the top of your head and very simply just go down through your body, your face, the back of your head, shoulders, torso, pelvic area, legs, feet. Let your attention simply move up and down a couple of times. It's a way of embodying the being embodied mindfully in this posture. So we've landed. We've landed in the standing posture. And now very slowly shift your weight onto your left foot. Very slowly. And feel the sensations of the movement. So slowly shifting the weight to the left foot. And then shift back through center to the right foot very slowly and feeling the sensations of the movement. And do this once or twice, appreciating how subtle the mind can become in its awareness of really very subtle microscopic sensations in this very simple movement. And maybe you'll get a sense even right now of how concentrated the mind can become as we settle into the feeling of the sensations as we move. So now come back to center. And for this part, you may want to open your eyes a little bit and take a short step forward, feel a keeping, uh, saying where of your balance, uh, a short step forward and feel the sensations of the movement, of the lifting and moving forward and placing. So do it with one foot. Very simply, a slow step forward, feeling all the sensations of that forward movement, coming to rest. And then take another step forward with the other foot. And again, feeling it. And then come back to center. Okay, so this this is the basic instruction for walking meditation. I want to point out a few uh, things that might be helpful. One is that in meditation language, we use a lot of watching language. You know, watch, notice, observe. But what I found is that a simple relanguaging to ourselves of what we're doing had a huge impact on my own practice. When I shifted from watching language to feeling language, So it's not so much observing the movement or observing the sensations of the movement, it's feeling the sensations. And the big difference is 
that if we are framing it in terms of watching language or observing, it's as if the attention is on the outside looking at, even though we may not be literally looking with our eyes, but it's that sense of being outside and trying to track it. Feeling language, when we take a step, simply feel the sensations of the movement, the feeling is from the inside. So in a way, it's like dance or Tai Chi or yoga, where we're in the body, we're embodied and feeling it from the inside as we're moving. As soon as, it took me, it took me years to make this shift in my own practice, but when suddenly this became obvious to me, it made the walking so much more enjoyable and effortless and easeful. It's just we take a step and we feel the sensations of the movement. It's so incredibly simple. Take another step, feel the sensations of the movement. So a couple of things, once we've we've kind of are inhabiting this feeling mode, then as you're doing the walking practice, keep in mind that it can be done at different speeds. So sometimes you might want to be walking really slowly, similar to what we did just in this little exercise, being aware in each step of the lifting of the heel and what that feels like and the moving forward, feeling it, coming down, touching, feeling it. So the noting would be, if you were using mental noting, would be lift, move, place, finishing one step completely before lifting the other foot, which is not how we usually walk. So at first, you know, may, uh, feel a little awkward, but pretty soon you will just get into the rhythm of that way of very slow walking. So this can be really helpful. The mind can get very concentrated in this slow movement. But mindfulness in walking is not limited to moving slowly. And so sometimes you might want to move at a slightly quicker pace, maybe slightly slower than normal then the noting might be, as you're feeling that, just moving, touching, moving, touching, moving, touching. So experiment with the speed. A guideline for understanding which speed you should be walking at at any particular time is really simple. Walk at the speed which keeps you most mindful. So if you're walking really slowly and at first, you know, you're really concentrated and you're with it. But then after some time, maybe you just notice, oh, the mind's starting to wander a lot. Either try coming back again, redirecting to the slow walking or start walking a little quicker and see if that's more in tune with your energy at that particular time. And it becomes easier to stay mindful. And, and the, the opposite, you may be walking at a more natural pace in a mindful way, and you find your mind just is wandering a lot. That would be a good time to slow down a bit. 
So feel free to experiment with this and find uh, the rhythm, which may change in the course of a walking period. Then um, keeping in mind that the goal is not a walking exercise, it is an exercise in mindfulness, in awareness. For the walking periods, I would suggest finding a place where you can walk back and forth. And it could be really of any distance. You know, if you have uh, a larger space, maybe walking back and forth 10 to 20 steps in length. If you have a smaller space, you could even walk back and forth 5 to 10 steps in length. So whatever works for the situation you're in. But this kind of container of walking back and forth, whatever the distance may be, I found to be more helpful in steadying the attention and developing concentration than simply going for a walk. Um, of course, in that situation, we also want to practice being mindful. Uh, and there are other things to say about that and things to learn in that. But for the formal walking period, I would suggest finding some kind of path, either inside or out, where you can do the back and forward walking. So there's now about half an hour left for the walking practice. I would really strongly, emphatically urge you <laughs> to do the walking practice. That sometimes people think, oh, this is just a recess between sitting. I have found the walking to be so incredibly insightful. Not only does it strengthen the concentration, but so many different kinds of insights have come in walking. Uh, so some people love it from the very first. Other people may have a resistance, a little bit of a resistance to it. Um, but I would really urge you um, during these days to practice with it because it can develop into a very profound practice. There are many stories of people getting enlightened doing walking meditation. Um, so why waste the opportunity? Okay, gang. <laughs> About half an hour for walking, and then uh, I'm not sure what's after that, but you can look at your schedule and see. Uh, thank you all. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.